to Golf Betting Club's The Closing Stretch. We're back after missing a week last week because of the craziness of the Players' Championship. But this week, the final event of the Florida Swing is the Valspar Championship around the Copperhead course. Guys, has the snake been biting this year? It really hasn't, has it? You know, like it's, uh, it's snake pit is very timid in comparison to what it, you know, how it normally plays. Um, and, and, you know, the soft greens, the guys are really eating it up, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And um, I mean, a lot lower scores than we've seen here in the past. And Neil, they talk about the fact that, um, you know, the Honda Classic has the bear trap, the Valspar has the snake pit and there's no comparison this year at all. No, not at all, especially the par threes. I think, I think the tees were slightly forward yesterday. Mm-hmm. But they just weren't causing them much trouble at all. There was a lot of birdie putts. Um, I think I think Thomas O'Burns birdied the 16th. And it's just um, the whole week has been a bit of a strange feel to it. It's not what we expect from Copperhead. Um, but it's, it's nice to see a, an interesting leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And we're really going to dive into that. And with the what four par fives around here as well, it just those guys are just killing the par fives this week. I saw a stat that... Sam Burns is leading in par four score, par five scoring of all time at like 40 under par. And this is maybe only the second or third time that he's played the tournament. <laughs> so it's crazy. Right. Well, let's talk about the fact that Davis Riley is up at the top of the leaderboard on 18 under par. Matthew Neesmith, two shots behind him at minus 16. So, Dunk, let's, uh, let's talk about Riley, who's a newbie on the PGA Tour. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he won two times uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2020, and and he was one of the kind of unfortunate players that suffered from the the coronavirus um, pause, which meant that um, the Corn Ferry players stayed uh, in 2021 on the Corn Ferry Tour and, and played a longer season. Um, so it's taken him a little longer to get to the PGA Tour than maybe you know anticipated. But those two wins that he had in, in um, 2020 obviously mark him out as a, as a player who's got enormous potential to go on and win on the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, he's never going to have a, a better chance than this. You know, playing yesterday with his good buddy, wasn't he? He was playing with Justin Thomas um, and, and what was a really comfortable pairing. You know, those two are good good friends off the course. I think they went to um, the same college uh, in, in America. And, um, you know, yesterday was fantastic for Davis. Uh, that 62 was was incredible. Um, and, you know, he enjoys the two-shot lead at the top of the leaderboard. And he looked very calm. And if he got himself into situations, he was very good at getting himself out of situations. And, you know, that's as the pressure mounts on the weekend when you're in contention, that can be the area that really kind of shows your weakness. But Matthew Neesmith is another one, never won on the PGA Tour before. I think his best finished was a sixth place. But, you know, he shot 61 on Friday, Neil, which is amazing. We followed up with a 69 yesterday and he he fell away a little bit. I think we saw his first bogey of the tournament yesterday, but still right there. Yeah, it was a really impressive front nine by Naismith, considering what he did the day before. Um, he, he wasn't able to maintain that on the back nine. Um, but I think today, going, in, going into the final round, a couple of shots behind, rather than having the pressure of leading, is actually going to suit Naismith. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way he talks, you can tell he's the type of guy that, that thinks a lot about you know being in contention and being in the lead. So I think I think coming from off the pace definitely suits Naismith. He talks about how he really enjoys the front nine, how it suits his eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think he could get himself back into contention, but whether he can he can hold himself in the back nine if he gets himself into the mix, 
I've I've got serious question marks over where they could get over the line, but we'll see. Well, before we start talking about the rest of the pack, what about Riley and Naismith? Are these guys that you're looking at potentially to close it out? Out of the two, I would actually prefer Riley. Um, so I'm just looking at the betting now. Riley is the favourite at nine to four. Um, so Justin Thomas is five to two, second favourite. Um, Sam Burns seven to two, and Naismith is the outsider now at eleven to two. Okay. Um, I just feel Riley has these two wins on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they were impressive wins as well. He he birdied three of the last four holes to win uh, in San Antonio. And he also um, he came from one back in Panama to win by a couple of strokes. Uh, so I know it's the Corn Ferry Tour, but it's still a winning experience yeah. and, it, and it bodes well for today. Um, I am a little bit worried about he had two drives on the back nine um, that he got away with. One hit, one clattered into the trees and came yeah. all the way back onto the fairway and he ended up you know, saving his par. And the other one on 18, he went so far right. Um, it was over the, the heavy rough and he was, and he was able to get a par again. Um, his putting was so good yesterday. Like, all the putts were just going straight in the middle at the perfect pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he can keep that up, I, I think, I don't fancy Naismith chances, to be honest. So I think it's almost a three-shot lead over Thomas and Burns for me. Okay. Um, so he would be the most tempting out of the two. Okay. Dunk, you're the same? Yeah, I think so. I think like Riley's got that that pedigree um, that I think that I could see him go on and, and winning this potentially. Um, you know, he almost fits that kind of Sam Burns profile from last year. You know, maybe not quite. Uh, you know, he hasn't achieved what what Sam Burns uh, has achieved before Sam Burns won last year. But he's got that kind of young, you know, uh, not not superstar, but he's got that kind of young pedigree in terms of he's likely to go on and win a couple of times on the PGA Tour in future. Um, and I think like this could be a perfect opportunity for Davis, but he needs the putter to stay hot. You know, yeah. Yesterday, the putter was the the driving force behind that score. Um, and, and if that putter kind of runs cold today, then he's going to have to watch his rear view mirror because those guys coming up behind are certainly going to challenge. Well, I was about to say, how would you feel if you're chasing your debut victory on the PGA Tour and Justin Thomas is lurking right behind you? Justin Thomas wearing some brand new fancy joggers on the course as well. I kept looking at him and I'm like, it doesn't even look like him. But JT at 15 under, you know, three rounds of 66 just shows how well and how consistent he is playing. And we've seen since Bones came on the bag, there's been such a, a progression in JT's game and he has to be so mad at the fact that he hasn't won since he won the Players' Championship last year. It's completely out of his realm of possibilities, his goal, <laughs> what he wants to achieve. So JT is going to be all guns blazing today. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're going to you're going to see Burns and Thomas make a real you know go at, at Riley and Naismith above them, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them get to at least minus twenty uh, and post you know a score of that or better um, today. I think the thing with, with JT and I've been mentioning it on the blogs so far this week is that it just seems to be susceptible to a real kind of mental a mental mistake at, at one point in the round. You know, we backed uh, we backed him to be second round leader uh, earlier on this week, and he, he was going great at twelve under par until he got to the seventh hole. I think it was, you know, a short par four under four hundred yards, 
um, takes the driver out, uh, you know, leaves himself in, in tree difficulty and ends up making a double bogey on a relatively innocuous hole. Mm-hmm. And it was the same story last week at the Players' Championship when, you know, he had a couple of um, just moments of madness. You know, he was in the middle of the fairway on, on 16 uh, with 200 yards at one point and dumps it in the water. Um, just, just kind of costly errors at the wrong time. Um, and, and that's been the reason that that's, we've been put off JT so far this week. Um, but he is capable of, of fireworks. And if he can keep that moment of madness off the scorecards, then he's he's well, well in this. Mm. And then, Neil, we've got Sam Burns at 1500 as well. And as Dunk said, you know, you expect Sam Burns to make a run, especially because this was the home of his debut win on the PGA Tour last year. Yeah, you've got to expect him to make a run. He's, he's such a good putter that on a Sunday that, that is so important and you, you can't expect him to get into the mix today. There's something about Burns that I've been watching over the last two weeks. He's just been a little bit ragged at times. And um, it's, it's you know, like putting me off taking the 72. Um, but out of the four, he does look like the value price. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not long enough to, to pull the trigger the way Burns has sort of been playing the last couple of weeks for me. Right, OK. Well, Neil, sticking with you then, who else are you looking at from this chasing pack to potentially make huge moves? I don't think you can you can rule the eleven unders out, and and obviously Adam Hadwin had a had a bad day yesterday, um, but we've we've seen winners come from five shots back, um, two of the last five editions of this this event, and and if we are right in saying that Riley and Naismith are going to face a lot of pressure today, it's not entirely impossible they go round in level par or over par, which brings a whole host of players into it, like the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick and Xander. Um, so it'll be an interesting day, but we, we're actually going to focus on a, on a different market uh, today as opposed to the win-only win market. Um, so we'll, we'll happily just watch and see how it plays out. Okay. All right, Dunk, any, anything else you want to note? No, I think, like as Neil said, that the, there have been a couple of comeback winners here, but three, three of the last uh, five winners have uh, been the leader. So, you know, Davis Riley does have that in his favour that, you know, one uh, uh, third round leaders have managed to convert three of the last five times. Um, so it, although it wouldn't be a, a shock to go on and see him win, um, you know, I, I think that if, if it was push come to shove, I'd pick one of uh, JT or Burns to, to come through and, and, and see it through. But um, it's, it's a kind of muddled market. And, and there's a bet, as Neil said, that we like better. Uh, so I'll let Neil, I'll let Neil <laughs> outline that bet for you. Okay, over to you then. Yes, we're going we're gonna to play the top 10 market. Um, so the player that we like to finish at the top 10 is Robert Streb, who is one of those on 11 under. So he's currently in tied sixth and inside the top 10. Um, Robert had a great round yesterday. I think he was minus six. Um, his approach play has improved every day this week, uh, which is a great sign of, of, of trending in the right direction performance-wise. And his tee to green performance has been excellent in general. He ranks 10th this week. Uh, I feel like Robert is one of these players that when he's on, he is he's underrated by the market. Um, every year he seems to post a couple of top 10s. Um, I was looking back in the last four or five years, every year he's posted a couple of top 10s. He's not had one this year yet, but he's in, a, he's in an excellent position to do so. And his odds of seven to four um, to stay inside the top 10, he's already there. Um, so he just needs another solid day to, to green. And I think that's the value of the market rather than chasing the winner. Um, at prices such as nine to four or five to two, mm-hmm. so that's the that's the play we're going to do today. All right, so Robert Streb to finish in the top ten. Then, are we doing a closing stretch parlay today? 
We are indeed. We are indeed. We've got um, two selections at uh, quite juicy odds and uh, two balls today. So um, the first one we've got is Sam Burns, uh, who's up against Justin Thomas. Uh, now Sam Sam Burns is the outsider uh, in this one. He's priced up at eleven to eight, um, and and I think the differential between Burns and Thomas is too great, and I think that eleven to eight is worth taking. Um, Burns was was good tee to green yesterday, but his putter was was cold, which was uncharacteristic. Uh, for him, you know, normally he's an excellent putter uh, around here, and I, I think that the odds available for Burns are, are, are too good uh, to pass up. I would have marked them a bit closer uh, in the card, so I think the eleven to eight is well worth taking. That Sam Burns can find his putting stroke again uh, and, and take Justin Thomas today, and then the other one uh, that we that I like is uh, Robert Streb uh, to beat Adam Hadwin, and for the reasons that Neil's already outlined, I think we think that Robert Streb will have a good day today. Um, Adam Hadwin has kind of gone backwards. You know, his scores have gone backwards over the course of the week. He's regressed. Um, and, and yesterday wasn't, you know, a great round for him, either on the greens or off the tee. Um, so Robert Streb's got the momentum. And 13 to 8, that's too big a price, again, uh, to be matched up against Hadwin. So if you play them both in a double, you're looking at about 5 to 1 uh, for the two selections, which is which is more than fair, in my opinion. Yeah, really good. Oh, wow, I like it. We've got some really good tips coming in today. So, should be an interesting final round at the Valspar Championship. Hopefully, it's a profitable one as well. Any of your bets from the start of the week in a good position as well? Oh, we're it's got some... <laughs> I don't know who's more angry about it. <laughs> oh, we, were in a great, we were in a great position there. Scott Stallings was our was our main one in contention, so we put him up at 150 to one at the start of the week, and uh, now he just he just didn't turn up yesterday. Uh, so he's still got an outside chance, uh, along with your brother Russell, who we tipped up. Um, so he's in 21st place at the moment. So we need a top eight from one of them. So fingers crossed, we'll get a Sunday mover. I would love a top eight from Russell as well. That would be two top tens back to back. <laughs> Another one, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll catch up again next week. And don't forget, you can follow along with the show on YouTube and we have the podcast version as well. Just search for Golf Betting Club and then follow along on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, golfbettingclub.com. You can subscribe, sign up, you get all the tips delivered each and every week and we will be back next Sunday.